thing. It's beautiful anywhere, but it's really nice. Here, I'm going to try to drop this really quick. bring that down three feet there so uh, you can see me all right awesome uh what a good good season that we are in i was saying this earlier but uh it's also a, a fun season like i turn on my uh turn on tv or whatever and start scrolling through the channels that we have or whatever that's called the stations what is that like netflix and stuff and now they all have like the the spooky movies out, right? We're sort of in a season right now where people, our culture has uh, loves spookiness, right? We love that Halloween is, is coming upon us and uh, there's a lot of, of that and people like to, 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 to pretend that they like being afraid. I, I say it's pretend, because I don't know if anybody likes to truly be afraid anyway. But there's all these movies everywhere, and now we see decorations in people's yards. And it's it's a fun season for some, and others are like, close your eyes, kids, that's scary. You know, and it's all of that. But there's the spookiness factor that we have. And so uh, I think it's always uh, interesting that we find the season of people who are wanting to be make others afraid or feel afraid. Because most of our lives... We don't want to be afraid, right? We don't want to have fear that shakes us or stirs us. You know, in the Bible, we see often people are facing trials then that will cause them to have worry, cause them to have anxiety, and also cause them to have fear. And a phrase that we see God and Jesus use so often is a simple two-word phrase, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Now, the world that we're living in is from headline to headline is mainly trying to cause us to be people who are afraid. And we need to come back to this phrase often is fear not. But we're living in times where fear seems to be all around us. And how then should we live in this time? Uh, but as we look at the Bible and as we read through the scriptures and, and these ancient Near Eastern times, I often begin to think, I don't know if we're much different. I don't know if we're much different. They may not have had the printing press, so newspapers weren't around, but people were reading from scrolls, headlines, that would bring fear. And we're the same to this day. And that is why I think as we go throughout the rest of this month, where we talk about how do we live a life where we can honestly say, fear not. For I know God is with me. You know, God wants us to walk in obedience with Him. But often in our times, before we even get to our first cup of coffee, we have read something or we have seen something pop up on a text message or a news feed that already starts to plant the seeds of anxiety that cause us to have worry, that cause us to have fear. The things that we are facing can seem intimidating, can seem so big. But I want you to hear this. God is bigger. And God will always be whispering in our ears, if not shouting into our ears, fear not, for I am with you. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this beautiful morning. We thank you for this time where we can come together and worship you and praise you. Some of us huddled in cars, staying warm. Others of us huddled because we're outside and we're cold. 
But we're here. And Lord, we're here because we want to encounter you. So whatever we are facing, whatever we have faced, let us allow for our hearts to be open to receive. Receive a peace and receive a calm. And know that in you we have safety. Lord, help us to walk by faith and not fear in this day. The words, let my words be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I was a kid, my family camped a lot. And one of those camping places, which some of us are familiar with, is McCormick's Creek. How many of you have been to McCormick's Creek before? Awesome place, not too far from here. And we, would, we went down there one time and we camped. And, and any of you ever go through Wolf Cave at McCormick's Creek? Is that right? Yep, Wolf Cave. It's this little cave that you get to walk through. And I remember when I was a kid, we went down and we went on one of those family hikes. And as a kid, you know, you're always excited to go on a hike with your parents. And so, but we got to this point of getting to the cave and that was an adventure for me and I remember we went through the first time as a family with a flashlight and we went through that cave and if you're familiar with that cave it sort of weaves and goes back and forth and then by the end of it there's sort of that narrow squeeze out and I remember getting to the end of it and being so excited that I said can I do this again and then my parents which I can now fully relate with said why don't you go with your sister this time and so then my sister and I, we would go through with the flashlight and we went all the way through, weaving through it. And we got to that part and we squeezed out and we got out on the other side and we were excited. And we ran around and said, let's try to do it without the flashlight this time. And we went through without the flashlight and we made it. And then I said, I think I'm going to do it by myself without the flashlight. And then I went through that cave all by myself without the flashlight, and thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever until a few years ago we took our kids, and I was excited because now I was the parent. Let's go on a family hike, and I saw the joy on my children's faces because they love family hikes. And we got to the cave, and I'm like, let's go through this, and we go through the cave. And I'm with the kids with the flashlight on my phone, so modern, so technology-savvy. And we're going through this, and about halfway through, I start feeling very, very afraid. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't lose any of these kids in this cave that only goes one direction, but I still feel like I might lose them. And then we're going through and we're weaving through it, and I am getting more anxious and more claustrophobic as we go through this cave, only to find out that at the, that one part, when I remember as a child, that was an easy little squeeze out, and you just <laughs> pop right out. wasn't so easy to get out of that little uh, narrow uh, place at the end of the cave. And by the time that I got through there, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Can we go again? I understood what my parents said. Sure, if you want to, but I'm not going with you. <laughs> it's funny because fear has this way of becoming more part of our lives as we get older. Fear seems to grow. What well, things used to not worry us or concern us over time now seem to worry us more. We didn't care about medical reports back when we were teenagers. We didn't worry about where our next meal was coming from. We didn't worry about what could be or what couldn't be in relationships. But what we have now 
as we get older is a state of wondering what is around the next corner. Fear seems to be this powerful emotion that doesn't seem to just go away, but actually sneaks up and finds us at different times in our life. Jesus is one who we see often in the scriptures going around and preaching. And he has these 12 guys falling around him everywhere. The 12 disciples, right? I had a professor who always called them the disciples because often they didn't understand what he was doing, which makes me feel so good sometimes when I'm just not, not sure if I know what he's talking, what Jesus is really meaning here. They were literally with him and sometimes didn't understand what he was saying. And Jesus had just sort of wrapped up a speaking engagement. I don't know how else to say that. That was sort of what it was. He was talking to people. And if you've ever spoken in front of people, you know how exhausting you've done a presentation. He's exhausted. He's still, Jesus still gets tired. And so Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, hey, we got to go. We got to go. I've taught and I need to, we need to go. And so the disciples get a boat and they jump on the boat. Jesus jumps on the boat as well. And he falls asleep. And I'm going to pick this up. Our, our, our scripture today is Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, 23 through 27. It's the story of Jesus on a boat with the disciples. And the weather changes. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. It says this, Then he got into the boat after he had finished up teaching and, and preaching to, to the masses. And his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and said, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What a moment. What a moment. Have you ever been on a boat in a storm? It is not calming. It is scary. I, I, have you ever been on a boat that just goes over some waves? It's not, not for me, that's scary as well. But if you've ever been on a boat in the midst of a storm, it causes your heart to have fear in it because you are trapped out on open water. The waves are going up and down and Jesus is just asleep. Maybe this is the idea of like the waterbed. Like sleep like Jesus in a waterbed. Oh my gosh. Where have all the waterbeds gone? Anyway, but the disciples panicked. They instantly panicked as the waves began to crash into the boat. These are these are not just these are not land living guys. These are these are water guys. They're out on boats all the time. So this wasn't just an average storm. This was a true storm to make fishermen nervous. And they were they were afraid. They were afraid and they had panic in them. I also think this is one of those moments where you sort of are like can relate to the disciples of like, as Jesus is asleep, it's like that moment in your life where you're like, do I wake mom or dad up from their nap and face the wrath? Like, is it that desperate of a situation? You know, like, they need to make my mac and cheese for me, or how? where's the remote? Like, is this the desperate situation enough to like, will this like face their wrath if, they, if I wake them up from a nap? 
But this is sort of what the disciples are doing. What do we do? They try to figure it out on their own, but then eventually they realize the only way that they're going to get out of this moment is that they wake up Jesus. They wake him up. You know, the storm was consuming the boat, and fear was consuming the disciples. Fear can come on pretty quick in our lives. It really can. It's something that allows, it's something that can come on really quick and then it begins to linger in our life to eventually where it begins to take over. When the storms of life come up, the question for us is how do we handle them? How do we handle the storms that happen, the storms that shake the foundation of, of some of the things that we have lived in and lived through? How do we deal how do we deal with news that rocks our world? How do we deal with change? Fear is such a powerful emotion that in any transition of life, fear seems to be present. The unknown seems to be there. And it takes us away from what God has intended for us. In this moment where we see the disciples afraid, we see Jesus asleep. In this moment, we see the disciples consumed with fear. I think we can relate to this. Thomas Aquinas, the great church father, says this, Fear is such a powerful emotion for humans that when we allow it to take us over, it drives compassion right out of our hearts. Fear changes us. Fear changes us and can turn us into something God doesn't want us to be. We begin to lose that compassion in our lives. We begin to not love the way that God has called us to love. This is why wars, feuds, divorces, they all happen out of fear. The fear of the unknown, the fear of having things taken from you, the fear of thinking that now this is all that you can live by. Fear drives away the compassion and the love of our hearts. Fear makes us behave in an unfair and an unloving way. And this is why the disciples in the midst of their fear, because it's unloving to wake someone up from a nap, right? Anyway, no. <laughs> they wake up Jesus. They wake up Jesus. This is a more powerful moment than what we read. Because evaluate your life. When you face fear, do you wake up Jesus in your life? Or do you just try to solve the problem on your own? You just try to solve it on your own. Let Jesus sleep. Let Jesus sleep. We'll just, we'll just come over here and we'll figure this financial problem out on our own. Nope, nope. Don't wake up Jesus yet. Don't wake up Jesus yet. Let's see what the next doctor says to us. No, no, no. Don't wake up Jesus. We're supposed to grieve this way. Think of how powerful a moment that is when they wake up Jesus. I think we can relate to the disciples often by not wanting to wake up Jesus. Look what I can figure out on my own. I made it through the storm by myself. I knew that if I would put this sail up right here, I would get through and everything would be fine. The disciples realized 
that they had to wake up Jesus. They had to. So often in my personal life, when I feel afraid, waking up Jesus often is not first thing on my radar. I've learned through life that this needs to change because fear is always going to pop up. The beauty of this is this, that what we see from the disciples. The beauty is this. I believe they went to Jesus to wake him up for this reason. They felt safe with Jesus. They felt safe with Jesus. Because remember, they're even shocked that he could calm the waves. They didn't wake him up with the, knowing that he was going to calm the storm. But they did wake him up because they felt safe with Jesus. Do you feel safe with Jesus right now? Do you feel safe with Jesus? In the unsettling times of our life, when the storm seems to swirl all around us, where we can't find our footing, or we're afraid of the footing that maybe others have in our lives, like our children or our parents, we can get wrapped up into so many things, and we can say, well, if we just make sure that our 401k is fine, if we just make sure that we get this payment in on time, if we take these vitamins, everything will be fine. But the reality is that the only thing that truly can keep us safe in this world and the next is Jesus. And when we have this, then what do we need to fear? When we have Jesus and we feel safe, we begin to understand the magnitude of his love. We need this relationship with Jesus because we were able to feel safe with Christ. My faith journey is one where there have been moments that have been led by fear, and there have been moments that have been led by faith. And I've learned that the things that often don't make the most sense are the ones that are often where I have to lean into Jesus and have faith. And the things that often have fear that lead me are often the things that the world is telling me that I need. And I go forward with that so frequently because in that fear, I realize that the world is always going to say, but you're going to need a little bit more. You're going to need a little bit more. But with faith, I begin to see things so differently. It doesn't look like what the world is telling me that I need to be or become. But with faith, I begin to feel safe and I begin to feel loved. And there's peace that swarms over me. I'm growing and I'm trusting now more and more to find Jesus in my life so that I can feel safe, so I can be filled up with His grace and His love. I'm learning that more and more that fear is only trying to derail me from what God is wanting from me. For you, what does it lead you? What is it that drives you? Where is it that you go to feel safe in a world that can be so spooky? 
in a time that can feel so unsettling, in a world that can feel chaotic from change to change, where is your faith? And where do you feel safe? Jesus is always going to say, come and have faith in me. Come and feel safe in this place. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for the, Spirit of God gave us, what, for the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Let us not live in fear, but let us live out of faith in Christ. Today, the challenge for you is simply this. Is Jesus the place you go to be safe? Are you ready to move into life and have faith over fear? in all situations. Take this step in your heart right now to step towards Jesus, to feel safe in Christ and allow fear to begin to be driven away. Don't let the power of fear win in your life. Allow for Jesus who will calm the storms. Allow for Jesus who desires to be your safe place, to be your everything. Would you pray with me? Oh, holy God, you are good, and your love endures forever. And we come before you right now. For some of us, we do have fear upon our hearts. And we ask right now that we lay that down at your feet. We don't want to stay there. We don't want to be consumed by, by the unknown. But we want to have a deeper faith. There's some of us who may have never really realized that we can find safety in Jesus. This morning, I pray that we can declare this. I want to feel safe with Christ, who is our Savior, who laid his life down for us so that we can have life now and forever. All we need is to put our faith in him. So God, right now, hear our prayer. Transform our souls so we grow closer to who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we come to the time of communion here at the branches, I encourage you to pull out your elements. We're reminded that Jesus sat around the table again with the disciples, and he, he asked them, do you believe in me? And they they would say yes, but then he, he went on to a different thing, and he, and he began to pass the bread around. He said, this is my body broken for you. And then he passed the cup around, and he said, this is my blood spilled for you. And he said, take and eat and take and drink. The disciples at that moment didn't know that this would be their last meal with Jesus. And so when he wrapped it up by saying, do this as often as you can in remembrance of me, 2,000 years later, we still do. We remember that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice for us. We remind that when we put our faith in Jesus, our sins begin to fade away. And we begin to be made as pure as snow. So as we come before Jesus right now, let us pray and confess those things that we have placed in front of him so that we can leave this place and be the light of Christ to this world that needs it. Would you pray with me? Oh, holy God, we thank you for Jesus, who is the perfect sacrifice, who laid his life down for us so that we could live now forever. And we are sorry, and we repent 
of any of the sins that we have committed that have placed ourselves above you. Lord, take our pride, take our shame, take our lust, take our worry, take our anxiety, Lord. Take it away from us and make us new. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your forgiveness. Allow for our hearts to be fully for you and nothing less. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. blood of Christ shed for you and the forgiveness of your sins take and drink we come with grateful hearts and thanksgiving Lord for you are always going to love us and so we ask right now that you fill us in a way where we have felt broken you mend us where we felt our cups have been half full, you, you fill us to overflowing so that we can take your love to those around us. Let us leave this place this morning with you in our hearts and our minds. And let us share your grace with all those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful week. And remember, next week we'll be back inside. What a beautiful day. Go get some donuts. Hang around a little bit and have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Blessings upon you all. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. <laughs> One more. <laughs>